0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
1: Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Tim. On this episode, we'll look back at the Butler Laws and win against Providence. And we'll look ahead to the DePaul and Creighton matchups. Tim, a little lonely here today with just the two of us. Uh, but anyway, how was your how's your week? How did everything go besides these up and down games for St. John's?
0: Oh, Besides St. John's, got to just... Relax at home. One of the first times in a long time to watch the Super Bowl with my wife and uh, my daughter, which was nice. Uh, Did get uh, killed with Mahomes throwing under two hundred yards. That's that cost me uh, a good amount of money and a couple bets. That 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 hurt. And uh, got these cheeseburger egg rolls from Shoprite. Cheeseburger egg rolls that they made in store. Interesting. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it was, was saying... Was it, it, it good?
1: <sighs> Seems questionable then.
0: So, when you think cheeseburger egg rolls, tell me what you think would be inside I would of picture
1: it would be ground beef and, and cheese inside of the, uh, you know, the traditional egg roll outside fried dough type thing.
0: Okay, would you think there would be like any sauces inside of it or anything like that or even like offer dipping sauces or anything?
1: Uh no, I mean I could see where there would be some sauces inside of it, but I I wouldn't expect it. I would expect it just to be ground beef and and cheese and then maybe it would be sold with dipping sauces. I could see that.
0: So this was an egg roll with just straight ground beef in it.
1: Yeah, that's not a cheeseburger then. That's just a that's just a beef egg roll.
0: It it was so disappointing.
1: That's that's unfortunate. It sounded like it had a lot of hope. Yeah,
0: um, I was very excited when I saw them. It was three cheeseburger egg rolls for 7 bucks. I was like, okay, if you're charging 7 for three egg rolls. Yeah. They're probably pretty well constructed. They looked okay. If they had dipping sauces with it, I would be like, oh, okay, it's... Right,
1: if it came with a cheese sauce on the side or something, then it's a cheeseburger egg roll. I get it.
0: But if you're going to do a cheeseburger egg roll, I think, A, cheese. I think cheese should be in it. Two, I think there should be like diced onions. And honestly, I think there should be a sauce inside the egg roll as well.
1: It's fair. I could see where you can make the argument for that. Well, anyway, talking about the Super Bowl, uh, obviously the Chiefs won. That was my main question for you today was about the Super Bowl, so we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, Going back to the bets, I was happy. I won uh, the coin flip, which was big, which is always fun because you got to win right off the bat. I had the octopus bet. Which is when you when a same player scores a touchdown and two point conversion back to back. Thank Jalen Hurts for that. Uh and then I had Travis Kelsey scoring first scorer for Kansas City. I also had two parlays that I hit. Uh both with one with Kansas City winning with the over and then them scoring more than twenty five points. And the other one had Kelsey anytime touchdown. So I had a good
0: day betting, Tim. I'm sorry you did not. I, I had enough where I had I think it was nine different bets I had. I only lost five bucks.
1: Ah, well, that's not bad then. That's a good day. It, it
0: wasn't bad. It was just well, it's just. Well, anytime, the anytime,
1: you're in the negative, that's not good, right? You don't. You always want to win some money. Yeah.
0: But n- n- losing five bucks, not the end of the world. The the there was a Miles Sanders anytime touchdown bet I missed. There was a Miles Sanders rushing toll I missed, and then the rest of the misses were just under... The reason was because Mahomes threw under 200 yards. That's just... I, 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 well, I mean, yeah, you you kind
1: of had clumps there, and then one of your clumps didn't work out. That's unfortunate. You, yeah. You, you do hate to see that. You know, you, you, if you're on a guy, you hope it turns out, and then, you know, unfortunately for you there, it didn't. Now, I've, I have to say, though, I wasn't really rooting hard for either team. Uh, I'm sure you were rooting against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, cool. As a Raiders fan. Uh, as a Jets fan, listen, we deal with a lot of Eagles fans, so... Uh, you know, they, they can be pretty annoying, to be honest. Uh, you know, Philly is an interesting group of fans. I was kind of rooting against them, mainly rooting for the Chiefs, but I have no real love for Kansas City. So uh, I'm glad it was a good game. Obviously, that call at the end, it changed the trajectory. Whether it was a hold or it wasn't, it's a tough spot to make that call, and I think it was it was shitty to see the game end like that because it was such a good game, right? Like, it was such a good game the whole way through, Had they gone in and just scored there, right? Perfect. No problem. Everybody's, you know, I mean, the Eagles fans are upset. But they go on, they score, they win the game. Okay, it is what it is. To have the refs, who didn't really call that many penalties, interject themselves at that moment,
0: it just felt, it felt like crappy. You know what I mean? Yeah, with with the call, I mean, Bradbury himself said, yeah, it was a hold. They weren't calling it that often in the first three quarters. The fourth quarter, they started to kick up the whistles a little bit and, Add their own touch to the game, but I always forget that it doesn't matter with defensive holding if or if not the ball was actually catchable. No,
1: nah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't apply. Because when
0: they threw it, I was looking I was like there's no. That's way. true. The ball was like, nice. no way Juju was getting it. And then they call holding. I went, oh yeah, yeah. I still just feel
1: like you can't make that call there. You know, what I mean, I, I know that's weird to say, but I you can't make that call there. I just. It was killer, um, but yeah, overall pretty good Super Bowl. Some of the commercials were funny. I feel like sometimes the commercials are good, sometimes they're bad. This one they were kind of neutral. Uh, obviously, some highlights. I think the T-Mobile commercial was great with a uh, Greece and Zach Braff, and uh, you know I thought it was really funny.
0: Yeah, I mean every time they do a commercial together, it's always good, and that that had a full on uh, Scrubs feel.
1: Uh, I love that they're best friends in real life, J.D. and Turk from Scrubs, um, that they have their own podcast and, and that they also do things together like this commercial and, and multiple other things. I love that. I love the show Scrubs, so it worked out well yeah. for me. Um, but there are some other good ones too. I, I like the, uh, the NFL uh, commercial with the flag football where the girl was running and everyone was trying to catch her flags and like her own mom tried to grab the flags in the end.
0: You can't trust your own family.
1: That's it, exactly. When it comes to flag football, you can't trust your own family. That was a good. uh, That was a good one. There were some other ones. Uh, The uh,
0: the Snoop Dogg Skechers one. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. It was good, but it it had a weird look where some of the new shoes they were showing off with their slip on features had a little bit of a of a Yeezy feel. Yeah, I can see that. It Kind of makes me question: Did Skechers actually escort? Kanye out? <laughs> or did they just say they did and they were actually working with him this whole time?
1: It's possible. I mean, those shoes did have some similar looks there, but I I did love the Snoop Dogg commercial. Also like there were so many good people in that, right? Martha Stewart. Their friendship still one of the best things of all time. She was in it. Uh that was it. Those that, that was a good commercial too. He was funny. Um I'm trying to think there was one other commercial that I was thinking of. Oh, the Pete Davidson one where he had uh, Bree Larson and Tom Han. And they were uh, John Ham, and they were and in the it,
0: fridge because yeah, cause and Brie and, yeah, ham. Brie and
1: Ham sandwich. That was pretty funny.
0: Uh, they also, if anyone was a fan of Breaking Bad, they had a uh, a nice little commercial there too. Which yeah, they uh, they got to revisit the rolls. What was it for?
1: It's for popcorners, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just like a popcorn chip. Pretty much. I've never had them. Have you had them? No, no. They, they seemed interesting. Maybe I'll give them a try. Marketing at its finest.
0: Uh, I'm cool with Kel chips, but. I, that that I feel it like may be a little bit of a reach. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I'd like I'd like to see the, what the consistency is like. You know, uh,
0: like I I keep allowing the push. Like Kel, I'm good. Pop, even like Lay's poppums, so I'm cool. Oh, with that. those I
1: like those a lot. Those are good. I'm a big big fan of those. I don't know why. I I just I enjoy them. I think because. They're like extra salty, and I think that's why I like them. Yeah,
0: the the sea salt one.
1: Yes, yes, that's that's the only one I I don't. The other ones are cheese, so I don't get those. The uh, the what sea is salt- barbecue one. Is there a barbecue one? Yeah. Oh, I haven't had that one. I got to try
0: that one. The
1: sea salt one is very salty, but I think that's why I like it. I'm a big fan. Definitely try poppables. Look at us doing our own sponsorships. Lay's, give us a call.
0: Yep, for your lay.
1: All right, let's get into this past St. John's week, which, much like the whole season, has been a roller coaster. Uh, it started off with a lost butler. 68 to 66, we had talked last week about how, you know, basically we were better than them, we could roll the balls out, and uh, we didn't show up, right? I mean, we didn't show up. Yeah. Uh,
0: we, we show up at points, and then we completely collapsed.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a frustrating game because, like I said, we, we are better than them, right? I mean, we are. Uh, it just, we just didn't play well. I mean, we didn't play terribly, right? 50%, almost 50% from the field, 40% from three, just four of 10, though. Uh, Four of six from the line. Problem is we tied them in rebounds. That's that's a number we should win against Butler with. Uh, And there was 11 turnovers for both teams. That's not good for us. We needed to turn them over a bit more. Uh, And I just, we just, now listen, we'll, we'll get to the, we'll talk about the call at the end. Uh, but to be in that situation where we needed a, a essentially a buzzer beater uh, to try and tie the game shows exactly how we fell apart.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, 3 minutes, 50 seconds from the, our last basket when we scored. Uh, we got to 60, uh, 66 points, and then nothing after that. Now, with this game, we finally brought Posh back in to run the point, to be our true point guard.
1: Yeah, and it worked uh, to perfection, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a great game. He led the offense, and and just before that uh, almost four-minute lapse at the end of the game, our lapses only lasted a minute and a half usually. So there was a lot of improvement uh, with Pinzone playing extra in this game. You can see Anderson rode the hot hand of him, uh, decided not to have Storin. Um I don't know how you feel about that. I I kinda wish they put store had actually kept store in, took Corbello out.
1: I agree. I, I think listen, I was a big fan of how they used Posh, right? And he, he was a big fan too, seventeen points yeah. on eight of eleven. Uh and I liked how they used Pinzone like you talked about. He had fourteen as well. He had two of our four threes. You are, I do agree with you though. Store only had four points. It was, enough, it was a rough night for him, but i we didn't get him in enough. Yeah, and I think that may have been part of the issue. He uh, later in the week he played, led the team, uh, led the starters anyway uh, against Providence, right? So I think you are right, Tim, in that we should have been going with him instead of Curbelo. And you know, I, listen, I'm not saying that's why necessarily we lost, but I think that could have been a factor, right? More AJ story, more opportunities for threes yeah. uh, out there. Uh, like I said, we were four of ten from three, so. Yeah, I I agree with you, Tim. I think that's that's a tough tough move there by Anderson. I don't really get it. Store's been playing extraordinarily well.
0: The the one thing I did like in this game was the usage of Cabello off the ball. Where that, that's fair. Where we had a couple plays where I think two of them was two Stanley. That's how Stanley was three for three. Where Corbello just kind of like snuck right behind another player, cut behind another player got open got the pass from Posh and then Stanley was aware enough of what was happening cut to the basket did this twice yeah worked perfectly it did
1: work well and again that that goes to us just being better than them right i mean that play worked multiple times which usually points to like okay you know w- this is a this is a play that we have we have on them down and it, you know i it's tough to see us in this game that we should have just clearly won, uh, and it's tough to see us lose this game. Now let's talk about their. Uh, the, before we talk we, about, we also the, had Jones
0: out. Still, well, we did still well, have did Jones hurt. out.
1: That that definitely hurts. He came back very strong again in the Providence game. Let's talk a little bit about how we played against them. To be fair, we held them to forty one percent from the field, which is a good. I mean, that's a plus eight percent margin there on the shooting, uh, even on three pointers. Now they did score more three pointers than us. They were eight of twenty four, uh, technically a lower percentage than us. Uh, they were. Decent from the foul line, but not great. Sixty-seven percent.
0: Um, well, if you want the number right there, that changes a lot. Yeah, they shot twenty-one free throws.
1: Yeah, twenty-one free throws. To they $6. Shot six. Yeah, that's not that's a that's a rough spread. Now let's now that we're talking about the refs. Let's talk about the refs. Uh, that end of game. Okay, now again, it's, it's we shouldn't have been in that position, right? Yeah. We shouldn't have needed that. However, we did. Uh, and now, if you watch the replay. If you watch the replay without anything, without any knowledge of basketball, you would see that he's holding the ball with zeros on the clock, which would mean that the shot's no good. Yep. However, that is simply because the clock operator in Butler started the clock on what they believed was a tipped ball by the Butler defender. The ball didn't change trajectory. The ball didn't change rotation. He didn't tip that ball. The fact that they went back and reviewed it and didn't determine that the clock started early, in my opinion, is absurd. I just, just, listen, you want to tell me he was shooting with zeros on the clock? I 100% agree with you. The only reason that happened was because they started the ball because the clock operator in Butler, who, I work with clock operators, they hire them locally from the area. Okay? It's a guy from Indiana. Sure. He works for Butler all the time. He's going to believe there was a tip there. He's going to start the clock. It's on the refs to go back and look at it and say, no, you know what? He didn't tip that ball. The clock started too early. That shot's good. They I, didn't do
0: that. I, I think with this play, well, one, we should have had more time in general where Corbello, unfortunately, made the bad decision to not immediately foul when they caught the ball on the opposite end. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah. I mean, then, that, that certainly cost us. Then, uh, great play by them we threw it down, got pin zone open. He got fouled. They have foul to give. Yeah. So.
1: Well, you're right, that's how the you're right though. That's a double down on the refs, by the way. Yeah. We we were it's the end of the game, we weren't in the bonus. Yep. And they had shot and they shot 21 free throws and we shot six. Exactly. So like that's tough. I mean, that's tough. Now, I'm not blaming the refs. I mean, we we we've, we've got to beat Butler by there, there by, was by like there 10 was, points. Normal. There was
0: plenty of opportunities where we should held that lead and not allow this to happen. So correct. A- as a whole, it's our lapse. Now we're gonna focus on certain things that we couldn't do anything about. So
1: sure, but just to talk. I mean, you know, we got to talk about them, right? So yeah. I think that's why, like you're st- like you're saying, you know, you got to mention them, and it, you know, it's it was just a killer because well, we we were in a place where we got what we needed. Now listen. I'm not saying we sh- again we shouldn't have been in that place. However, typically in overtime, the better team runs away with it. Yeah. Right. So we we make that shot. I could see 100. percent We go into overtime, bang, clear. You know, we score right off the bat, and we take away a victory. Uh, instead, it's a it's a loss, and it's a it was a killer because you just you expected to go one and one last week, and we did, but it wasn't the one and one you expected, yeah. and the Butler loss almost hurt a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Well, with Kerbel's ability to make an amazing pass, I think that led to this whole confusion, pretty much. So when you normally see a person make this pass, they just lob it up.
1: Yeah. And that's usually
0: what happens. So he lobs it up. There's backspin. It looks like a hand touches it. Everyone goes, okay, backspin. They touched it. Clock starts. Nothing to look at. When you watch Corbello pass it, how his thumbs are positioned, he's creating backspin, it looks like. So, from my eye, it looks like Corbello is creating backspin to create an ability to have a higher loft and put Soriano in a better position to catch it and immediately put it in because we had such little time. I think that got completely overlooked by the refs. They saw backspin. They said it was touched, clocks were zero, it doesn't matter, it's over. And I think they just told Anderson contact was made with the ball.
1: Yeah, well that's I. a hundred percent that's what happened. It's just ridiculous that they didn't look at it longer and it's because it was the end of the game. Like yeah. had that play happened and there been more time after, right? Say that, they say that went in and it called time out and there was like two seconds, right? They would have reviewed the clock to make sure the time was correct. Yeah because it was the end of the game, they quickly reviewed and said, Oh, he had the ball at zeros. You know, the ball was touched. It's over. And it's ridiculous. And again, not to harp on it, but you know how we wouldn't know the answer if they had ref press conferences. If at the end they were, you know, they were able to get interviewed and say, hey, what happened on that last call? Did you say it was touched or didn't you? We don't know. We go home guessing. You know, and, and it's quite frankly, it's ridiculous because that's a game changing determination there. Yeah. And there's there's no answer for it. In a season of tough losses. Yeah. Here's another tough loss.
0: It was a game we should have won and we unfortunately play ourselves into that situation and those things happened.
1: All right. With that loss, we moved on to the rest of the week, which we turn things around. I uh, talk about, you know, this team being up and down. This is the definition of an up and down week. Yeah. You you lose at Butler, a team you should absolutely beat. Bottom three of the Big East. You come home to play in Madison Square Garden against Providence, who's ranked 20th in the country at the time. I got to be honest. You're looking, you're going, well, this is going to be an 0-2 week. And what happens? We get surprised. 73-68, the Johnnies come away with the victory. We played well, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you, we didn't play terribly against Butler, uh, but we certainly played well against Providence.
0: First basket of the game. After that, never give up the lead again.
1: Yeah. Right. right. And it's just hard. It's
0: they, they rare, never, rare we, to say yeah. that
1: in a St. John's game.
0: Where we always talk about when we're down, we get you gotta get over that hump. You gotta take the lead. You gotta get you gotta finally get over the hump and take the lead. Yeah. They couldn't do it this time.
1: No. They can never they can never get it. and there were moments where it was close. I, we even had a seven minute scoring drought in the second half just to make sure. But hey, a win is a win, right? I, listen, it may be too little, too late. Um, you know. Again, I think at this point we're really playing for the NIT at best. You know, but you're also playing for Big East tournament seat. Yeah. So that loss to Butler is killer, but the win against Providence gets you a win. Uh, you know, which you need because it it's going to suck to play on Wednesday, and doing everything we can. To not play on Wednesday is good. Right now, we're currently slotted to play on Wednesday. Uh, right now, this team 15 and 11 after this Providence win, five and 10 on the year. Uh, we're actually tied with Butler, not uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. but that would that would put us in playing on Wednesday. Uh, however, Villanova is directly ahead of us. They are six and eight on the year, uh, so we have an opportunity where we can get to them. Seton Hall and UConn are both eight and seven. There's enough games left someone could stumble, we could get up to where we're not playing on Wednesday, which is the hope. But anyway, get back to this game because it was a hell of a win. Uh, 44% from the field. Not good from three, though. 22%. We were four of 18, uh, but 83% from the three-throw line. We out-rebounded them massively, which is really a key, I think, uh, on, on paper. Uh, we, it, was, it was a plus 13 margin, 49 to 36. However, we, were, we only have seven offensive rebounds. In this game, which is not good, that would be the one negative I could see from this game. Uh, and we did win the turnover battle: the thirteen for them, ten for us. The starting lineup: Curbelo was not available due to coach's decision. Uh, so the starting lineup was Posh, Wusu, Store, Stanley, and Soriano. Great day for Store: fifteen points again for him. Yep. Good day for Wusu: thirteen points, six rebounds, three assists. Posh had ten. Soriano had ten. Had a double double. Had his twentieth double double of the year, actually. Which is the most by a St. John's player.
0: Since Walter Berry.
1: Correct. In
0: the 85-86 season. In the 85-86 season. season. Thank you, Tim. Uh, also, first time since 85-86 that a Johnny has collected 300 or more rebounds.
1: Wow. Look at that. Yeah.
0: Really. I mean,
1: it's it been a great year for Soriano. Uh, it really has.
0: If he keeps this up, he's going to be uh, top five single season. and rebounds, which is, that's an
1: impressive pull. He certainly could, but let's talk about David Jones. First game back after his father passed away, 16 points, led the team. You love to see a performance like that. Obviously, it's an extremely tough time for him, uh, but to come back, do that at Madison Square Garden, that's got to mean a lot, and it was, you know, it was great to see, and it really lifted the team up, which is why I think we came away with the victory.
0: With this game, we had the people in at the right time. We didn't make horrible switches. Uh our turnovers were definitely lower, which you could tell how the offense maneuvered, how they actually pretty much cared about handling the ball without making extra risky moves, those were all related to Corbello not being in. Now yeah. Corbello did, if you watched him along the sideline... When, so when I say you watched him along the sideline, I'm not talking about you watched them post that one photo of him eating popcorn and pulling a Mark Sanchez on the bench.
1: Great photo of Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog. Oh, right? yeah. That, that was, that what, was that an that all-time all was, was, classic, Tim. Sorry. And, I know yeah, it happened against, against the Raiders, Raiders, but that was yeah. an all-time classic. Yeah. Anyway,
0: continue. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a great memory.
1: All the good old days.
0: Yeah. Uh. So... But when he was on the bench, he was coaching up guys, talking to guys. And even though whatever his actions were, he knew that he had to be a good teammate still. So if if you look past that, just the, him eating some popcorn on the bench where he's in streetwear, it doesn't matter. But when guys were coming off the bench, when he saw stuff, he spoke up and he talked to his guys. That, you, you may be frustrated with things he does, but saying he's a bad teammate is very far from the truth.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see why. Uh, you know, it'll never come out, but it's interesting to see what happened, why curbello found himself not available for the game, or why Mike Anderson made the decision. Uh, and, you know, listen, I don't know if that changing of the chemistry made the biggest difference or not. Uh, but we certainly won a game that we sh- weren't supposed to win. Uh, and listen, I'm not a, I'm not a hater of Andre Corbella, but I do think we gave him too much, uh, gave him the keys to the castle too quick. I think he should have been the second fiddle to Posh Alexander for all year, uh, and it really wasn't the case. So, listen, maybe Mike Anderson now sees that and he's trying to correct it. Uh, I think he's coaching for his job. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll see more of this to come, but... Regardless, it's a great win against Providence. I love beating Providence. I hate, hate Providence. I hate Providence. Their fans are the absolute worst. Uh, Ed Cooley, I can't stand. So, huge win for St. John's. Be- great to do it at the Garden. Uh, great to make all of the Providence fans sad. Uh, it brings me joy. Um, but, you know, we move on. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's all we can do. Get to victory. Get to 15-11. and 11. Uh, five and ten in conference, and and go from there. So, Tim, spotlight player of the week. Who do you got? Obviously, interesting because it's an up and down week. But I'm going to vote for Pasha Posh. Alexander. Yeah, ah, look at us. Yep. Uh, I think it has to be. He played so well in that Butler game, and not, he he almost got a double double the hard way against Providence. Ten points, nine assists,
0: and he was on the biggest honor roll for this. week. He is on the
1: biggest honor roll this week as well. Yeah, uh, I now, think it's a no brainer. Yeah,
0: and. I would say one thing about Mr. Double-Double. I, I, once again, another double-double by Soriano. The one thing he did big in this second game, he did not force unnecessarily tough shots around the basket. That's true. That's true. He took his jumpers, which I'm okay with him taking. He made a couple of them. He had one play where he took a really, really tough skyhook. Beyond that, he played smooth. He played within his offense abilities for that game. And then he focused on other parts of it, which when you can't score, you either rebound. and If you can't rebound, you must get an assist. If you can't do either, you got to play great defense. If you can't do that, you better be scoring then. So
1: well he he did he did both rebounds and and scoring. So he had a he had a good game uh, against Providence, he had a good week, but not as good of a week as Posh Alexander, in my opinion. Now we did I have to say before before we move ahead here, good uh, I think it'd be we'd be remiss to not mention Colby King, uh who came in against Providence, got some good minutes, five points for him, and then Drizza. We saw Drizza for the second time. Yeah, Drizza got his dunk. Drizza in there. got a dunk in, nice dunk. Uh, you know, so just good Good to see those guys get some minutes, uh, particularly in a game like this, right? I mean, Cabello was out, so we had to find some some extra points other places, and we were able to do that uh, in Kobe King and Drizza. I think, you know, you never want people to miss time, uh, and who knows how long Mike Anderson will decide Andre Cabello can't play, uh, but I think it could mean more minutes. Now, we've seen Kobe King getting some more minutes uh, even before this, but I think it could mean some more minutes for other guys, which I think could make for an interesting change in dynamic, uh, which this team certainly needs something because there's no consistency, right? You lose to Butler, you beat Providence in the same week, and that's really just a mirror image of our season. You know, you go out, you beat UConn, and you, you win on a buzzer beater against Georgetown. So it's like, you know, who? no one really can tell the identity of this team, uh, because of how up and down they are. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what we got going forward. Unfortunately, we got two games this week to look ahead to again. Uh, the first one will be at DePaul is on Tuesday
0: at 9 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Which the guys are already in Chicago, so yeah, uh, no worries about travel problems this That's time.
1: <laughs> That's good. We like to see no travel problems after some risky flights there to Xavier. Um, DePaul is, you know... Uh, another DePaul season, right? Nine and sixteen on the year. Three and eleven is good for tenth in the Big East. Um, it's got to stink to be a DePaul fan. I got to be completely honest, but they have won- they have had some good wins this season. Uh, Gibson's their leading scorer, averages about sixteen again. Game and Penn leads them in rebounds uh, with with about eight. Um, we played this DePaul team. I, it was way far ago in December before we actually started regular Big East play. Uh, but we did. We beat them eighty six to sixty seven. So, this is the game where we were up forty to twenty nine at half. Tim, I, you know it may seem like a silly question, but do we just carbon copy what we play, how we played them the first time, and you know plan to come away with the victory?
0: I mean, I think we have to attack them in the same way. Now they did show a little highlight clip of the guys getting onto the flight, flying and getting to Chicago, I did not see Corbello in any of those videos or photos. So I'm kind of wondering if we're going back to him being benched again.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, maybe it may have been – I don't know what he did, right? And then they they never release – when a coach's decision to not play a player, they never release that that is. But, listen, it could be anything. So I could see a scenario where maybe he's benched for more than one game, Uh, which, you know, is unfortunate for him. You never want to see anybody – you know, make a mistake that results in you losing playing time. But if we're without him, we're without him, uh, you know.
0: And big opportunity for Jones to get more points again. For sure, for sure. S- looking s- looking s- back s- at
1: that last matchup, by the way, Soriano played significantly. I mean, magnificently. 17 points, 14 rebounds. He was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. But talking about Jones, 11 points, 8 rebounds. He could have a similar night. Obviously a big matchup for him, or a, a rematch first time back at Nepal. Uh since leaving, so that could be a big one. I, yeah, I could see him stepping out and, and particularly if is not gonna play, getting some real minutes and taking advantage of those saying this is you know, this is my shot. this is my shot here to really take it take over this game. So I think we'd certainly go with Posh leading the game leading the way again Seemed to work really well this week, right? I don't see why we would change that up.
0: No, I, I think the rotation that we've been bringing out with Wusu, Posh, Stanley, Soriano and Store, I'm still perfectly okay with going with that. I think Jones needs to be next off the bench, and then after that, I think you have to go um, with Corbello if he is available or not.
1: No, for sure, I agree with that, but I, I just I don't, I don't know if he will be, but I think you're right, maybe don't start, Jones. Uh, but you know, I could see replacing Stanley with Jones. I could see getting Jones out there right away. Try to get him, you know, play the hot hand a bit. He did lead the team against Providence, get him out there, get him going right away and hope that we just pull away on this team. And again, I know we said this against Butler and we lost, but this is a team where if we just take over and and run away, we should win it clean, right? I mean, we're on paper, ideally, we're, we're better than them. So like, you know, going back to what we said at the beginning of the season, you know, we hadn't lo- until Butler, we hadn't really lost the game we were guaranteed to win. This is one where you would say, this is a guaranteed win. Let's hope we get back to our old format uh, of, of winning the games we're supposed to win. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the recipe is out there because it's already, we beat them in December, but what is your key that, we have to do in order to win?
0: Well, for this game, and you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say it, it's for every single game for the rest of the season, including the Big East tournament. We have to let Posh create. We have to let Posh manage. And we cannot hand the ball over to Corbello and Corbello alone and let us create more confusion and bring just. Missed opportunities.
1: I agree with that. I think that's a very valid point. That's not my key. My key is to get AJ Store more involved. I think he's he's shown that he's earned the right to be more involved, and I think he's shown when he gets the opportunity, he takes advantage of it. If we have Posh running the point, really stepping up, and we get AJ Store involved, Soriano's going to get his 10-plus. Right, you get those three going, and then anything else is kind of just gravy on top. I do also think you have a big opportunity for David Jones to come out big in this game, and if he does, again, that's just more icing on the cake. You've got, you know, your three guys in Posh, Soriano, and Store. Add in Wusu, who's been playing great, playing great since being in the starting lineup. By the way, we we kind of under talked about that. He has really taken advantage you know, obviously he, he wasn't in the starting lineup for most of the beginning of the season, got now, has moved, played well enough to get in a position where he was starting, and ever since then, he's taken advantage fully of it, uh, and it's great to see. He's a guy who's who's progressed as the season has gone on, which, you know, is, is what you want to see out of all your players. All right, so that game Tuesday, let's hope the Johnnies come away with a victory uh, and get ourselves to 16 wins because the other game this week uh, is 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 a matchup that I think I, as well as most of us, dread almost every year. That game, 7.30 on Saturday on FS1. It'll be Creighton uh, playing at Karnaseka Arena. They are 18th in the nation, 17-8 and eight on the year, 11-3 and three in the Big East, tied for second. That's heading into this week. They'll play Providence before they play us, so their record will be different and their place in the Big East could be different. But, you know, this team is a nasty, nasty group. 104 to 76. They beat us in our last meeting. Now we showed up with no heart in that game, zero heart whatsoever, uh, with, with Posh Alexander not playing. Um, you know, it really just, just took us out of the game. Just to remind you a little bit about Creighton. They're led by Ryan Kalkbrenner. He averages 15 points. He, he's good for 71% from the field, that's, you know, second in the nation in terms of field goal percentage by a player. Uh, They've got five guys who d- average double digits. Uh, and oddly enough, actually, their leading rebounder is a guard. It's Baylor Shireman. He averages eight a game. I just Tim, what do we do against this team who is just so well put together?
0: So with this one, I'm going to say we do have to trust one another defensively when we do our swaps. You can see guys will wander off from who they should be committing to. And it creates the open three each and every time. And you can kind of notice that the team defensively is wandering and not just going like, okay, I know this is my role. The team is going to pick up if people move in the wrong direction or if people do have picks that I tried to uh, push through the top and they're cutting down below. I know my team's there to help me. I think that definitely did hurt us. And, Going against Crayon, who is a amazing three-point shooting team, having that issue will lead to a lot of open threes. Now, uh, Shireman, uh, big problem for us last game. We focus on making sure can get the rebounds, but Shireman was constantly just... Pretty much just annoying us at a certain point. Well,
1: I mean that's that's how you rebound as a guard, right? Every yeah. guard rebound is kind of annoying because that's how you that's yeah. how you go and get now, him. Yeah,
0: he is six seven, so we we have to give him that leniency of that's doing true that. That's true. But the one thing we have noticed in the past two games Store, Jones, and Wusu are all rebounding.
1: Yeah, we absolutely. Need that. Absolutely. If we can get those guys going and we can out-rebound them, that would be great. You, you spoke about them shooting threes. We did outshoot them in threes percentage last game, except they shot 33s. Yeah. So we got to cut that number down. Uh, my big key here is we got to stop them from shooting. They shot 57% from the field against us. Nobody's going to win. I'm oh, sorry, you're not going to beat anybody when they shoot 57% against you. We got to play better defense. And, you know, I think, again... We talked about who could get going in the Paul game. I think your point in the Paul game is spot on for this game again. If Posh Alexander is running the point and gets things going, we could be in a good place because he will make other players step up in a sense, right? He gives the opportunity for those players to get opportunities to the basket, so he gets more looks for store. He gets more ability for David Jones to get open down low. It's a it's a tough game, all right. It's an uphill battle. This is a game we lost already once this year. It's a team we never play well against. They're 18th in the nation. They've worked their way now into being ranked and are heading you know, to higher ranks. It's, it's going to be a tough game on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. It always is when you play Creighton. Do I think there's a pass for victory with this team? Sure, <laughs> right? I mean, we just saw them beat Providence. We've seen them beat UConn. Uh, do I think they could come out and lose 104-76 to again? Yeah, 100%. Do I think that's likely to happen? No, because it's at Carnseca. I think the Carnseca matchup is good there. We're less likely to come out with less heart in Carneseca. Uh, but I don't know, Tim. Uh, this is this is a tough one. I, what, if if you got like one one note, if you could guarantee one thing for us to do on Saturday, what would it be?
0: Well, I'm trying to think back to the previous. Creating game
1: like it it doesn't have to be if something if you can guarantee something either good or bad it doesn't have to yeah I was gonna say it doesn't have to be good
0: I was saying a consistent hand in the face of a three point shooter for every time they take a three okay if we if you think if we do that we come away with a win I with that alone no but I think with that alone it could lead to a one to two possession game at the end.
1: Okay. All right. I buy that.
0: Strictly that though. Now.
1: All right. I I see, I see what you're saying.
0: You do that. You do rebounding and you limit turnovers where we win the turnover battle. I think that creates a win.
1: Well, okay. That's fair. The one thing I would guarantee that or something that I could, I could say would guarantee us to be in a place where we could win the game uh, would be uh, AJ store three point shooting. If AJ Store has a good day from three, or even if we all do as a whole, but AJ Store in particular, I think that puts us in a rhythm where we're able to be within striking distance of Creighton when it comes down the stretch. Now, I I think there's no guarantee that that'll happen. (laughs) I think there's no guarantee that we'll be in the game for most of it. But, you know, I, I think if we can do some small things, anything can happen. As long as you stick around long enough, anything can happen. Uh, but we've got to, got to, got to play better defense in this. There's just, there's yes. no doubt about that. If we don't play defense well on Saturday, it's going to be another game where Creighton scores 100 points. Yeah, because and, they're good enough to do
0: it. Yeah, and we also need to have Posh shoot that mid range shot.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, that, he, I mean,
0: in the past two games, he's gotten probably, mm-hmm. I would say, a third of his total points from taking that mid range shot off the dribble. So I think if as long as we have him actively doing that, creating more and allowing us to build up against this kind of team, I, it's a real chance. Yeah, listen,
1: you know, I said last week we have a shot against Providence, and, and it came away with a victory. Nick was right, right? He's not here, but shout out to Nick for having the, the Providence win correct. Let's hope he wasn't correct about the rest of the season, though. Yeah. He had us losing to almost everybody. Uh, I think only beating UConn. Besides that, so Nick was right, but you know, do I think we're going to be in this game? No, I don't. I think Creighton's a better team than Providence. I also think they don't match up as I think we match up better against Providence than we do against Creighton. Uh, so I think this is going to be a particularly tough game for us. But again, you're looking at a week where you go one and one. I guess you take it as a whatever and you move on. You end up two and zero.
0: That's great. I would say we didn't mention. Um, at the Garden against Providence. It was Johnny Day. They had Johnny Thunderbird at center court instead of oh, the good, normal good St. John's logo. Good nugget, Tim. We need to bring that back for Karaseka. I, I love the logo.
1: I think it was a really cool logo. I I do I, I did like that quite a bit. Uh, that would be kind of cool to see at Karaseka. Like the permanent center logo there yes. is just Johnny Thunderbird. I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know if er- all of our fans have really jumped on to Johnny Thunderbird, though. I got to be honest. Mm, well, I don't make them make jump. I mean, I, I guess it's an interesting. It's an interesting mascot, with all due respect. Uh, I like it. I don't. I'm not hating on Johnny Thunderbird, uh, and I did like the logo a lot. So I, I would be happy. I would be happy to see it regularly on the Carnage Second Court. I don't know if we would permanently do it, uh, but I would be happy to see it regularly. I think that would be cool. Good nugget there, Tim. I forgot about it. I did forget that that happened in the Providence game. Uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see uh, on Saturday if that happens against Creighton. Who knows? Maybe it'll help us bring us to a victory, right? We'll just move the Johnny logo around as we keep winning games. Exactly. He, stay, he can stay on the court as long as we continue to win. Hey, see if it brings us some
0: luck. Johnny Thunderbird is on a hot streak right now. So
1: uh, Well, he's 1-0. Yeah. 1-0 as a center logo this season.
0: It, it did have very, um, for the fan base that, is so big on uh, Rick Pitino, yeah <laughs> could becoming the next head coach. It did have a very Louisville-esque feel.
1: Oh, I can, there you go. I can see
0: it. Yeah. I can a- see it with the Cardinals. we also had a special appearance the first time, I think, since he's retired showing up at a game, Coach K. Oh oh he was at the he was at the garden. Actually you know what I did, I saw that. I was watching the game on TV.
1: I saw that. Yeah. You're right. I saw him talking to Ed Cooley, boo Ed Cooley. But yeah. uh yeah, interesting. Well he was at he's been to Duke games this year though. Eh. I've seen him at a Duke game this year.
0: Besides Duke.
1: Well, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now
0: now we got we got him here. Uh, of course he went to see his friend Craig, took a picture with everyone.
1: Tim, are you about to say he's going to come out of retirement and coach St. John's?
0: No, I was going to bring oh, wow. up, I was going to, well, kind of about that <laughs> I was going to bring up the fact that people, I saw some people actually bring up the fact that they thought Coach K, <laughs> I don't know if they straight said it out of jest or not, but Coach K coming back <laughs> to be with Craig again and coach to St. John's. Yeah,
1: you know, listen, it, for those people who are out there saying that Coach K might come back, give me a call. I got a bridge, brand new bridge, really nice, firm, strong steel beams, yep. and I can sell you. It's right over the Hudson River. Yep. It's a beautiful location. I'll sell it to you, no problem.
0: Got a uh, beautiful beachfront property, <laughs> exactly, oceanfront uh, in Idaho.
1: There's a better chance I wake up tomorrow six foot seven, playing center for the New York Knicks, or actually he's six foot seven, sorry, six foot eleven, playing center for the New York Knicks. Then that Coach K comes back to Coach St. John's. Yeah, I just there's just no shot.
0: No, I appreciate it. I think it's fun fanfare. Yeah, it's, it's fun to talk about. Uh, uh, now, listen, and, if we uh, whatever. And honestly, he's a I, great actually, mind. I would so hate it. I would I, hate it. For the first, like, five seconds.
1: I would hate it. I just don't. I can't. We couldn't. We couldn't. I, the taste is too bitter. It's too bitter. I just, everyone loves him. I couldn't, I, I don't know. Listen, maybe, uh, actually, if we, uh, I would hate it until we won. <laughs> uh,
0: well, <laughs> How about he, that? Okay, I would
1: hate it until we won.
0: Here's a question. Ed Cooley leaves and wants to become the head coach of never, St. John's. Never,
1: absolutely never.
0: And your promise: the next five years, there's four tournament makes. I leave. With I would leave the Redstone Chaser podcast.
1: I would leave the Redstone Chaser podcast because I be, I would refuse to watch the games. I would refuse to be a fan of Ed Cooley ever, ever. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Tim, Coach K. Uh, I could. I could get past. Okay. Ed he, Cooley, no shot.
0: He, he, here's your option two. Okay. You have Ed Cooley and Dan Hurley, head coach, assistant coach, and I can promise you in the next two years, St. John's makes the finals.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making the finals is not enough. Okay. Not enough for that duo. <laughs> I, we have to win. If we don't win, it's not worth it. Because, it, no. Just, could you imagine that duo – Together, that would, that would yeah. be disgusting.
0: You call it Ed Hurley. We would
1: be hated by everybody, and we would deserve to be hated by everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Tim. But listen, it, listen now. Now, if you could sell, if you could, and I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't think Coach Hay will come back in Coach St. John's period. End of no, the same. not at all. However, if you wanted to say after seeing him here talking to Craig that there might be an uh, idea of him coming back as a consultant or something like that, yeah, maybe I, I could have believed that. But people saying like, "Oh, he's gonna come back and coach St. John's." Come on now, come on. It's just, just, just no way. I appreciate your hope, uh, but it's way too beyond any any reality.
0: I mean, we all know Mike Craig looked at him like getting a little. Elbow <laughs> hey, hit. if you want to come back, hey, you know, he certainly said it. New York, he certainly said wore, it. You wore, you wore a lot of blue. You can wear some red. Yeah, you can wear some red.
1: We'll see. Maybe he'll come back, coach emeritus. He, <laughs> he, 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 <laughs> wouldn't that be sight? See him as a coach emeritus for St. John's? That'd be something. <laughs> uh I don't I don't buy it. But hey, listen. You want to keep dreaming? Keep dreaming, people.
0: Hey, Gamma as a special assistant would it'd be the first time we have a Hall of Fame special assistant. That's
1: true. Shout out to Gene Katie. Yep. Um, you know, after a nice long career, that's where you go. You what you do is you end up as a coach emeritus on St. John's or a special assistant to the coach in St. John's, and you ride out into the sunset in years you should have been at home with your family. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, how how much do you love your family? (laughs) Oh, wow! Enough to be a coach, a special assistant to the head coach of St. John's. All right, that'll do it for this week. For Tim, we got no Craig and Nick this week. For Tim, I'm Vincent. Go, Johnnies! Keep chasing.